happy girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. In this episode of the Woman at the Well Ministries podcast, join Kim Miller and Erica Close as we give you an opportunity to know more about us and to learn why we do what we do. Well, thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. My name is Erica Close, and I am here with Kim Miller. Hello. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and walking with us as we walk through our journey of faith with the Lord. So if you listen to podcast 201, we introduced you to why Woman at the Well Ministries has the name Woman at the Well Ministries. And if you haven't listened to that one, we invite you to go back and take a listen because it's really important uh, to us that we are called Woman at the Well Ministries. And so we invite you back to that episode. But today we wanted to take an opportunity to introduce you to us as, um, as believers, as people who love Jesus, as people who know that we are called to be his witnesses. You know, Isaiah 43.10 stands out, and it says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. And I think that verse just speaks to what it means, first of all, to be a witness, but also what the job is of a witness, right? To help others know and believe and understand who God is. So today I'd like to ask Kim if she would share a little bit about her, her journey as a Christian, her journey as a believer, her journey in faith into becoming the witness that she is for Christ. One of the things that I think is so amazing in this partnership that we have here at Women at the Well Ministries is our two faith journeys are very different. We come from very different places. Our childhoods were different growing up and our salvation stories are very different. I believe that when Kim tells you hers, hers is going to be very focused on family and learning from her parents. I became a Christian as an adult. So we have very different stories. And I think that there's tremendous value in hearing those two stories, whether it's about you because you've never come to Jesus as your personal Savior, or whether you are a witness for him and you're witnessing to people that are in very different stages of life. So Kim, if you wouldn't care, would you tell us a little bit about what your salvation story looked like? 
what it meant to you to grow up in your family and how your family taught you about Jesus. I would, I would love to talk about the blessings that I was given because I learned who God was in a very young age. And I learned how to have a personal relationship with him. And that personal relationship was developed and cultivated. And we were completely immersed in Jesus and the word of God. It wasn't something that we did in my household. It was who we were. And my mom and dad lived it flawlessly in front of us. They were human. They did make mistakes. But as far as living a witness of who Jesus was and understanding that it is a personal moment-by-moment real relationship and that you can crawl up into the arms of Jesus and he will shelter you and he will protect you and he will supply all of your needs and to understand the concept of be ye holy for I am holy that he tells us in his word, they did it amazingly. My parents loved Jesus so much and lived him so well in front of me that I wanted what he had, they had. I, I wanted that joy. I wanted that peace. I wanted that comfort. I wanted that lifestyle. And that is what a witness has to do. A witness has to somehow make the people who are looking on believe that what you have is better than what they have, is better than what they're doing, that there is a truth in loving Jesus. There is a truth in understanding that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There is a reality in having a personal relationship and that when we turn our lives over to him, we are not sacrificing anything amazing, but we we are gaining beyond what our eyes and our mind can comprehend. And that's what my parents did for me. And I was saved when I was very young. I was saved when I was five. And um, I knew that I knew that if I died, I was going to go to hell and that there was a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And I knew that because Jesus was lived in front of me. We prayed together as a family. We had Bible study as a family. My parents truly developed an amazing Bible memory uh, system for me and allowed me to memorize. My whole family was always in the Word of God. And we had a big family. I had five brothers and sisters. And so, you know, sometimes when you were just like waiting around to go to the bathroom or in the kitchen or something because there was somebody else doing what you needed to do or wanted to do, there were always Bible verses on like index cards or sheets of paper or something all over the house so that while you were just waiting, you were looking at the Word of God. And then in the mornings before I went to school, there was Bible study, nothing great and big, just something that tell me what Jesus was doing for me and who he was so that I'd be filled to the very top so that all that would happen to me all day long at school couldn't bring me home empty because they had filled me with Jesus. And that was their purpose in life was to live out the principles and the love and the relationship they had with Jesus so that those that were coming behind them would find them faithful and would want what they had. 
And so my relationship with Jesus began very early, and, and I was saved at home. Uh, we were in church a lot. My dad was a choir director. My mother was an amazing prayer warrior. And Bible study was a way of life. And they, they did what I call Bible speak. They could have sentences that were half word of God and half their words, but they just spoke that way naturally. And so when you were in the presence of my mom or dad, somehow the focus of all conversations was going to be Jesus. And you would understand who he was and amazingly feel his love for you. And so my friends would come, my brothers and sisters' friends would come. Our place was the place where people hung out because the love of Jesus was given freely and frequently. If you had, I'm going to pause in the story here, but if you had like one piece of advice that you could give to say a young parent that is now realizing they're in that position of sharing Jesus with, with their family, what would you tell them? Oh, I don't know that I could give you one answer, but I can give you kind of a trifold answer. I'll take it. Um, first of all, I would tell you to live Jesus in front of them. Live it. Speak it. Embrace it. Secondly, I would tell you to, above all else, pray with them. Out loud. Let that child hear you petition the Lord for your needs and for their needs. Let them see your faith and your trust on full display. Because when they get in trouble, that's what they're going to remember. Well, this is what mommy does. This is what daddy does. This is what I got to do. And then the last thing that I would say in my trifold example is if you really want your child to fall in love with Jesus, make sure Jesus is everywhere in your house. Speak his word. Put his word on paper. Talk about him at dinner. Talk about him when you ask him things in the morning. And then the bonus cherry on top is study with your kid every morning because the devil's going to hit them as soon as they wake up. Make sure they're full enough with the armor of God. They are protected enough and that their mind has stayed on him enough for the peace of God to walk them through the day. I love that. So you said that the first part of your trifold was that you wanted them, that parents need to live it in front of their children. What does that mean? Don't tell your kids to go to church if you're not going to church. Don't. Tell your kids to read the Bible if you're not reading it. In fact, you can do a whole lot less telling if you do a whole lot more showing. So let your kids find you sitting at the table with your Bible open and a notebook wide open and taking notes. Let your children hear you when you are talking to them and you just sprinkle in a little bit of a verse. Maybe they won't know the verse, and maybe in the first five years of their life, they'll not even know you're speaking a verse. But when they're 18 and they hear you say, you know, love people with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, they'll understand that that this is the first commandment. 
they will also get if you start saying things to them like, I understand that you don't want to do this and that that person is mean to you and that person isn't treating you right. But you need to pray for them because the Bible says to pray for those that despitefully use you. I mean, begin to incorporate it in your conversations naturally. And maybe at first you have to practice it. Having lived in it my whole life, it just comes out. But maybe getting saved later in life, it's something you have to do. But pour him in so you can pour him out. I think that that pouring him in so you can pour him out is is huge, both for ourselves and for those in our care, right? Those that are in our care. I knew that my mom and dad loved me, but I knew that they loved Jesus even more. And I knew when they were correcting me or molding me, they were doing it for their love of Jesus and their love for me to know him as he is. You talked about all of the Bible work that your parents did with you and that you were saved very young at five. How did the Bible work change or develop as you got older, like through high school and going into college? Maybe I, Again, my parents were amazing, and I want to say thank you, Jesus, for who you gave me. I'm not sure how that I was so blessed to be their child. But they had their own system where they, they literally would assign you things to read. And each child had different stuff because it would be what they were facing. And in the beginning, they would read it with me. I, some of my most precious memories of my oldest sister, Melinda, is she would read to me the story of David and Goliath. And the, and, and the poor thing read it to me every night because she would try to read me something else. And I would say, no, no, I want to know that story. I mean, I can almost quote just from hearing her that story, she would read it over and over and over and over again. And she never grew tired of that. And when I was sick as an adult one time, and she was coming to visit me, she opened her Bible and read to me the story of David and Goliath. So uh, as I got older, younger they read to me. Younger they would help me memorize my mom and dad and my brothers and sisters. As I got older, we had Bible study in our home, and we had family prayer every night. And my parents would give you a night that you were going to lead. And so, you know, I would start out, and they would fill in whatever needed. But as I got older, that wasn't how it was. And we had a system where you, you know, you read the verse or the passage, and then you determined what it was saying. And then you put it in your own words so that you could understand what it really meant. And then we would apply it to our lives. And then we'd make a plan for how we were going to apply it to our lives. And as I got older, each of those steps become more independently mine. But they were done, and they were written. And they weren't checked for right or wrong. They were checked for completeness and understanding. And I could determine what I thought it meant, and as long as it wasn't off the wall, there wasn't anything said about that. They would just add the rest of what it meant. And as I got older, what happened was there was a lot less interjection and a whole lot more hallelujah, praise the Lord, she gets it. I like that.
like that. But I, they didn't water it down at five. I just had more helpers. I think that right there is a really important key, that they didn't water it down. They never watered it down. They never thought it was more than you could um, understand in first grade. I mean, we use King James Version Bible. We still use King James Version Bible. And people would say, well, I can't understand that. And, and the Bible says if we pray, the Lord will give us an understanding. And you can choose to use whatever version that you want. But I bring that up because at 6, 7, and 8, I was still using that version because they weren't going to water it down. They just spent enormous amounts of time with me in the Word. And if you're a parent and you're not spending time with your child in the Word, oh my goodness, what you're missing. My mother and dad are both gone now, but I've heard them say it many times. Their most precious moments with their children were around the throne of God. So you mentioned, you know, that, you know, we all know, we all, we all grow up, right? And as you moved into adulthood with this foundation of study and prayer and learning, how did your own personal study and prayer change or develop or did it as you got into adulthood and your relationship with the Lord was a little more one-on-one. On, one on one. Less checked Ooh, is what I would point. say. My relationship with Jesus from five to now I'm 58 has always been one-on-one, -on -one and it's always been personal. And my walk with Jesus was different than my brothers and sisters and my mom and dad, and they were very careful to explain that. But from 5 to 25, when I lost my dad, it was extraordinarily checked. There was accountability. There was conversation. But I fell in love with Jesus at a very early age. And I wanted to know more and more about him. And to be honest with you, it was a selfish reason. I, w I wanted to be the friend of Jesus. And I wanted to hear him say, well done, my friend. And I didn't understand at a young age what it meant to be a friend or what it meant to be a friend of Jesus and what it would cost me or what it would call for me to do. But Abraham was called the friend of, of God. And my whole life, that has been a driving force in me. I want to be. He's done so much for me. He's given me so much. He has directed me, and he's been personal, and he's a friend that I can have at all times, and he never leaves me, and he never forsakes me, and he's constantly giving me amazing advice and counsel, and he is leading me in places that my mind can't even imagine, and he's done so much. I just want to be his friend. And so I studied feverishly for that with no thought of ever being used. But the scripture says, to whom much is given, of much is required. And one day he called it and said, I need you to teach for me. I need you to have this ministry. I need you to be a one-on-one -on -one discipler. I need you to give people a picture of, and a clear view into your life 
so that they can see what it means to walk hand in hand with me. And I get the song that says, he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he calls me his own. But it requires time in the garden, reading and studying, and a life that is just devoted to being used of him. I'm really not that much. The skills and the talents are not extraordinary. But the walk with Jesus and the relationship I have because of who he is and the teaching I've had and falling in love at such an early age, it is extraordinary. And I will guard it with my life. So I have one more question, if I can. You mentioned less checked, but when you mentioned that, I think you spoke to the power of accountability. And how has accountability changed as an adult, as an adult in Christ? I will tell you, I am a firm believer that every strong Christian needs accountability buddies. And that's the people who are my closest friends who keep me accountable to the scriptures. And they watch my actions and my decisions and where I go and where I don't go. And they check it against what the word of God says, and they call me on it. And um, you can't have a lot of those because there's not that many people going to be that invested in you. And one of my biggest fears when my parents both passed away was who will I have praying for me daily? And who will I have who is so interested in my relationship with Jesus that they will pray for it They will watch it, and they will pour into it. But God always gives you what you need, and he never takes away what he doesn't provide. And I have that. I have that strong accountability in you, and I have a handful of friends in my circle that I know are watching that. And for that, I want to publicly say thank you, Jesus, that I know that my work and my study is less checked but my life is as checked as it's ever been. Well, I really hope that you, our listeners, have enjoyed hearing Kim's story. And I think that you can't help but be encouraged to go deeper, right? To go deeper with Jesus. You can't outgive him. So every moment I've ever spent, he has certainly multiplied much more. And I think that all of us that just heard that understand where, where we get our tagline that's at the end of every single one of our podcasts, because this is a lesson that I believe that you learned at a very young age, and you've lived it out. Let's remember that you are loved. Jesus loves you. Amen. To God be the glory for the great things he has done. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. 
We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash W-A-T-W-M. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father. And it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the Gospel Group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved. Happy girl.